I want to deliver the Word of God uh, to you today and make a couple of notes here, make sure that I've done everything that I was supposed to do. I've been forgetting things lately, and so, all right. I would like to deliver a message to you today entitled, Walking with God. Walking with God. It's my, my hope and my prayer that we can ignite a new passion and a new zeal for Jesus Christ in our lives, just like the excerpts that I just read. Uh, I hope to share some things today that I believe will spur you on to a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and to a deeper experience and a deeper encounter with Father God. I have said this many times that as a pastor, the one thing that I actually owe you is an encounter and an experience with Jesus Christ, with Father God. So I want you to begin to visualize and I want you to begin to believe that you can rise above the circumstances and the challenges of life. Some of us don't believe that. Um, you know, we believe that we are under those things and they have control over us versus us being above those things and us having control over them. And so I want you to know, I, it is my goal in this message and throughout the teachings that I plan to give on end times, is that we begin to have a vision, a revelation, and an understanding that we can rise above the situations and circumstances that we're facing in our culture today. And hello, y'all. We are facing a lot of things in our culture today that in my lifetime, 64 years, and some of you who are older would probably say, I never thought I'd see it happen in America. And some of us are under those things instead of over those things. God says that if you walk with Him, you'll be blessed when you go in, when you go out. If you walk with Him, I love this, you'll be blessed when you're in the city and when you're in the country. Come on. The Lord says that He'll make you the head and not the tail, that you'll be above and not beneath. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you walk with God. But maybe we don't. We think that just being a Christian is walking with God. There are a lot of so-called Christians who aren't walking with the God of heaven. They're walking with the God of this world, or they're walking with the God of self. That's a big one, y'all, the God of self. There's a really interesting man in the Bible who was mentioned, I think, just a couple of times in Genesis and in Jude the beginning and right near the end, his name was Enoch. And in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, you have this very unusual passage of Scripture where it says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Hello. There's got to be some theology behind that. First of all, let's recognize that Enoch had to be living a supernatural life, okay? He, the theology behind this text is, that text is that Enoch walked in such unity with God that God said, he lifted him off the earth and took him from the earth into heaven without him even dying. I mean, 
there's a lot of theology in that passage of Scripture. It's an obscure Scripture to say, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, hello, I don't want you to preach this message because I don't want to be not. I don't want God to come sweeping down one day and go, you're coming with me. But what I do want is I want for all of us to know what it means to walk with God. The theology that I want to talk about today isn't the fact that Enoch was not whatever that means or that God took him. What I want to talk about, the, the thing that caused God to say, I want Enoch, was the fact that he walked with God. Amen? And I want you to know that you can walk with God too, that you can walk with God in the same supernatural, spectacular fashion than Enoch did. Okay, okay, fine print, short of being swept off the earth one evening, right? So much so that I think that we should see what happened and at least become curious about it. What was there in Enoch's life that, what did that mean, that he walked with God so much so that God said, boy, I want Enoch with me. And I think that it's, it's time for us all to begin to experience a divine reality in our life, other than just the reality of being in earth suits here on planet earth, going through the motions, waiting for Jesus to come back. And I believe that we can have a divine reality in our life that's unlike anything that we've ever experienced thus far. That's a part of the process of what we're going to do on Wednesday night and what I'm going to be speaking on on Sunday mornings. I'm not going to speak specifically on end times, but all of it's going to be connected and threaded together somehow. So I want to share something with you this morning that I believe is absolutely simple, completely simple, yet deeply profound. There's a paradox. Something that's completely simple, yet deeply Profound. I'm going to share a truth from God's Word that if you will get it in your spirit, if you will get a revelation of it, it will change your life forever. It changed my life. Every day of my life is altered by this simple truth and this deeply profound thing that God has birthed in my spirit. It has changed my life, and I believe that it can change yours if you can get it in your spirit. However, this simple truth is something that you are going to need to keep in front of you at all times. Are you hearing me? Could you bring the crash card in? I think we need to resuscitate a few people this morning. Far too often, we get very excited about a new truth that God shows us, and we're just pumped by some new discovery in the Word of God. Anybody ever been there? Uh, at least I'll try to get… Oh, okay, we need to also bring in the splints and casts because everybody's got broken arms. They don't know how to lift their hands up. All right. We've all been there, right? Where we've discovered something in the Word of God, and boy, it fired us up, and we ran with that thing. And then it began to fade away. 
and it, over time it didn't seem quite as profound as it was when you dug that nugget out. Can I get a witness from somebody? And we find ourselves too many times all fired up on a fresh new journey with God that unfortunately shrinks. It wanes. And the reason that it fades is because we quit focusing on the new thing that God is showing us and we begin to focus on other things, whether it be continuous negative news, you know, CNN, or Fox, or whatever else you're watching or reading, and all the multiple voices that you're getting your truth from. And you spend so much time on that that the truth is fading in your heart and your hearts are filled with fear and hopelessness and instead of wonder and amazement at the God who's going to see you through absolutely any and every storm you'll ever face. So we need to keep the truth that God reveals to us in front of us at all times. <coughs> Excuse me, morning noon and night. If God reveals a truth to you, you need to keep it in front of you morning, noon, and night. Why? So that it doesn't fade. We have a disposition about us that causes things to fade, out of sight, out of mind. So boy, when you got that first fire about that new truth, you were like, hot! for Jesus. And then stuff happened, and that began to fade. There's a powerful story in Matthew chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. And I believe speaks to just the dynamic that I'm talking about right now about how the Word of God gets into our hearts. And in, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus speaks about four different types of soil. And all of these different types of soil, these four types of soil, represent four different types of people. Okay? And so we're going to look at it in that respect. And you can look in the proverbial mirror and choose which one of those four types of people you are. It is my hope and goal that you can be transformed into the fourth type of person, the fourth type of ground, and not the previous three. I'm reading Matthew chapter 13, and I'm going to start in verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. So there was a, a planter, someone who was sowing seed, if you will, someone who was preaching a truth, and he was planting that truth in the hearts of people, okay? I can use that phraseology because the seed, according to the Word of God, is the Word of God, okay? So as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it up. So this is what happens for this type of person who hears the Word of God and they think it's pretty okay, it's okay, it's all right, whatever. And negative news, devourers come and steal that word away 
And it never even has an opportunity to get into the soil of their heart to break ground. It's immediately swept away. Many people in the body of Christ today are having their faith, their courage, I should say, more so, their courage swept away by the news, by the media, by those that are propagating a false truth or a partial truth. They're allowing the truth of the Word of God to completely be like a predator taking, taken right out of their mix before it ever even has a chance to get into the soil of their heart. Say this with me. Say, put your hand on your heart. Say, I am not that person. Okay, then we go on, and it says, some of the truth of the word fell on stony places where there was not much dirt or there was not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because they had no depth of earth. So in other words, it didn't have a chance to gain any, it's, it's like those, ever see those plants that just grow up out of a crevice in a rock? They don't grow very big. They don't have much to pull from. You know, there you have it, it's like throwing wildflower seed off the side of the road, where all the gravel's at, maybe one, maybe two, will survive that harsh environment and begin to grow if the birds don't come and devour it first. So there's that type of person whose life is filled with so many cares of life, those are the rocky places. So many things going on in life that the Word barely has an opportunity to develop anything other than just kind of springing up and then dwindling away. Put your hand on your heart and say, I am not that person. Then we go on, it says, uh, I left that part out, but when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, it withered away. That's that same person. Here's the other one. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. So, if you don't get the weeds out of your garden, the root of the weeds will choke out the root of the flower. Any gardeners can say amen. Farmers can say amen. Okay? you got to get the weeds out because the weeds will propagate faster than the plants and begin to choke out the actual plants that you're wanting to have grow into something beautiful or produce a harvest. Weeds, cares of life, troubles in life, concerns over this, concerns over that. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't think I, I'll, I, I don't, I'm not going to tithe. Or oh, I could go down a whole list of things that will be in your life, like that soil where you're just throwing the seed is going into a field of thorns and weeds. What can I say to you about that? Get the weeds out of your garden, the garden of your heart. Now, I don't know if you're like me, I'm working three different yards right now. I'm working my yard, Emily's yard, and mom's yard up at the lake house. Uh, I got no idea which one's a weed and which one's a flower. <laughs> so I got a supernatural weed whipper. 
You know what? When I go back, they're all up again. Weeds, flowers. Somebody's got to go help me figure out which ones are weeds and which ones are flowers, right? <laughs> Diane gets all her own weeds out, and there's nothing in that garden but flowers. So here you have these four types of people. I haven't, I haven't got to the last one yet, have I? So the last one I said was some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. Say this with me. Say, I. I. Yeah, put your hand on your heart. Say, I. I. Am not that person. Okay. Here's the fourth one that I want you to be like, and why am I off on this tangent? Because I'm going to share a simple truth with you today, yet profound, that if you will keep at the forefront of your mind, it will change your life forever. Okay? Remember the disposition that we have as human beings? Out of sight, out of mind. We've got to keep this in sight. Here's the fourth person. But other seed, other truth fell on good ground. Woo, yeah. And yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Jesus capped it all off with, and both of you just, everybody, both of you. <laughs> you and the other person with you. Grab your ears. Grab, just grab your ears. Hold on to them. Here's what Jesus finished. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I am that person. All right? Because I'm going to share a simple truth with you, yet a profound truth that if you do not keep in front of you, it will fade away just like every other revelation or truth that you've ever ran across that built up fire in your belly. And this one can change your life. I'm going to encourage you today to keep this simple truth in front of you, to keep it in the front of your mind, to meditate on it, to give yourself completely to it. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, where he said, Meditate on these things, Tim, and give yourself entirely to them, or as the King James says, give yourself wholly, completely to the prophetic words, to the revelation, to the truth that was spoken over you. This is something that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to keep it in front of us. We're supposed to meditate on it, and we're supposed to give ourselves completely to it. You might say, well, you're giving an awful big buildup for some little simple truth. Yep. It's just a little simple truth. You're probably thinking, well, get on with it already and share with us the simple truth. Here is... The simple yet profound truth that I want to share with you today. We can walk with God by acknowledging Him. We can walk with God by acknowledging Him. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, let me ask you this question. When you wake up in the morning, is the very first thought that crosses your mind 
I acknowledge you today, Lord. I give you praise for this mighty, awesome, wonderful day. I mean, as your feet hit the floor, are you worshiping and thanking and praising God? Or are you like, oh man, another day. I want an undy. You know what an undy is, don't you? It's just the day you don't even get dressed. You just stay in your undies all day. A few of the brothers in the house are like, <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and before your feet hit the ground, before your heat hit, feet hit the floor, are you acknowledging God or are you acknowledging the snooze button, which means self? Are you acknowledging God or are you acknowledging how you feel in that moment. Well, I'm in a bad mood today. Guess what, Maynard? That's your choice, not something you woke up with, but a choice you made to acknowledge self first. Just look to your neighbor to the left and say, he is definitely talking to you right now. All the husbands like Gary up here is like, yeah, that ain't happening. I'm not saying that to my bride. No, 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 no. But you brides, you go ahead and look at your husband and say, he is most definitely talking to you right now. Psalm 118, verse 24 says, and I say this every day. I can assure you, I promise you, this is one of the very first cognitive thoughts that I have in the morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will make a choice to rejoice. Y'all have heard me say that at 714 prayer every single day. I want you to know, that, and I've shared this with you, it's not some scripture cliche that I love to just say because it kind of rolls off my tongue. No, I literally think that as one of the very first cognitive thoughts that I have in my morning. This is the day you've made, Lord. I don't care what it holds, whether good or whether bad, you made this day for me. And I'm going to rejoice in this day, whether good or bad. And I'm going to be glad in it because you gave me this day. How many of us, before our feet hit the ground, are having that thought? Not many of us. Make a choice to... Rejoice. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and verse 18 says, Rejoice always. No, 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 that can't be right. Rejoice when everything's good. Rejoice when I'm happy. Don't rejoice when things are bad. No, 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 no. It says, Rejoice always in everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When you begin to rejoice, when you begin to give thanks, you are acknowledging God at its very basic point. 
And, and acknowledging God at its very basic point is the first step in learning to walk with God. You cannot walk with God and acknowledge self. You can't walk with God and acknowledge all of the negative news as the truth in your life. The only way to walk with God is by acknowledging God. When you make a choice to rejoice, you are acknowledging God as the creator of your day, as the conductor of your day, as the architect of your day. And I'm going to challenge you that by the time your feet hit the floor in the morning, that at least in your cognitive thinking, if not in your verbal speaking, there's this thought, Lord, you made this day for me. Whether it holds good or whether it holds bad, I'm going to rejoice in you and I'm going to be glad in this day because you created this day for me. That will change your life. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You see, acknowledging God is the basic point of walking with God. It says he will direct your paths. What are paths? Places you put your feet to walk on. Acknowledging God in all your ways. That's not just in the good days or the good hours of the day, but even in the worst ones to acknowledge God. Make a choice to rejoice regardless of what the day brings you, whether good or bad. Job chapter 2 verse 10 says, Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? What? Are you saying God will bring adversity? Yes. Yes, he will test you. I didn't say he will tempt you with evil, but the Scripture clearly tells us that he will test us like the testing of our faith in fire to prove the gold in us. What is your reaction when the test and the adversity comes along? What's your rejoicing turn into? Come on, y'all. You see, you're not walking with God like Enoch if you stop thanking and rejoicing in God and acknowledging Him the moment adversity and trouble shows up. Adversity and trouble shows up, our whole disposition and demeanor changes from one of rejoicing to whining and complaining, whether verbally or through mental assent. You have to remember that sometimes difficulties are there to strengthen you. Have you ever stopped to think for a moment that maybe the storm that you're going through, the trouble that you're going through, is exactly what you need to go through at that moment to make you a better person? Have you ever thought about that instead of, huh, well, apparently God's forgotten about me this afternoon? Mm mm. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things, all things, all things, what's included in all things? Everything. All the good, all the bad, all the weird, everything we know. Do you know? 
Or do you just have some mental assent to a scripture that you've heard over and over again? Or do you know right here in your heart of hearts, I know that all things work to the good of those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Do you know it? If you know it, keep it in front of you. Morning, noon, and night. Learn to walk with God. As I said, have you ever considered the trial or the hardship that you may be going through to be exactly what God knows you need right now? Can you rejoice in that? This is the day, Lord, you've made for me. This is pretty hard right now. Lord, what do you want me to learn? You're acknowledging God in that moment. I'm preaching a whole lot better than your, na- your amen in, but whatever. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice! Say what? Am I saying to rejoice because of the trial? No, I'm not saying that at all. Thank you, Jesus, for this trouble. No, that's not what I'm saying. But rejoice in the one who is going to see you through to the other side of the trial. Amen? Rejoice in the one who's going to get you through the storm. Rejoice in the one who will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Rejoice in the one who is in you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house of God. Amen. I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, that was the end of my message. Wow. (laughs) Must have been, I need to write a better ending. No, this is, this brings it all home. Really, it does. One of the greatest acts of acknowledging God is by partaking of the communion elements with him. So the truth that I want to share with you today is that the simple truth, yet deeply profound truth, that is if you want to walk with God, you need to acknowledge Him morning, noon, and night. And one of the greatest ways to acknowledge God is through partaking of the communion elements. Communion is a physical means by which we acknowledge what Christ did for us at the cross of Calvary. And I've shared with you for years that the object of faith that you need to have in your life is the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. This is probably one of the greatest physical acts that we can do that acknowledges God in your life. Why would you say that, Pastor? Well, turn with me real quick to 1 Corinthians. As I read the scripture, the praise team can come forward. Do your best not to be distracted by them, but give honor to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. 
It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Did you notice that both of those said, In remembrance of me? I could easily say, In acknowledgement of me. But here's the one that puts the acknowledging right on it in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or you acknowledge the Lord's death till he comes. One of the greatest acknowledgments that you can have in walking with God is the receiving of the communion elements. We're going to be receiving this communion together. I believe that you can walk with God by making sure that you acknowledge him every single day, every single moment, whether the moments are good moments or whether the moments are bad moments. Maybe sometimes, especially when the moments are bad moments, no matter what you may be going through. And some of you, some of us, are going through deep, dark things in our lives. And those are the moments that the enemy wants to come and get you to acknowledge everything but Christ. And I'm saying to you that we must acknowledge Christ in all your ways so he will direct your paths, your steps. And I believe we're about to rise to a new level of supernatural living. I said I think we're about to rise to a new level of spectacular supernatural living you guys have heard me say many, many times that when someone asks me, how you doing? I say, I'm doing supernaturally, or I'm doing supernatural. What is that? That's an acknowledgement of God's power in my life. That's what that is. See, I got a deep revelation of this, that I am walking with God, not because I'm perfect. Hello? Not because I got it all figured out. Not because I got a framed ordination certificate hanging in my office. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Somehow, somehow, I have learned to acknowledge God all day long. That come by grace of God. It's not because... Listen, there's times when I say I'm doing supernaturally that I feel anything but. Sometimes I even feel like a but. I know, I just walked away from the anointing terribly right there. But. Do you know what I'm saying? Come on, I'm just human. Any other humans in the house? Or are you all just like supernatural angels, every one of you? Yeah, that's right. Oh, amen. Amen. Out of the mouth of babes. Can we learn to acknowledge God? Can we learn to say, Father, it doesn't matter what I'm going through today. You made this day for me. I make a choice right now that I'm going to rejoice all day. And I'm going to be glad in this day, for I know that all things work to the good 
to my good, Lord, because you chose me, and I love you. May I be a blessing to everyone that I come in contact with, and help me, Lord, to say that I'm doing supernaturally every time somebody asks me how I'm doing, so I can bring glory to you, Lord. Can I help you with something? I mess up in a whole lot of ways in my life. Go ahead and say amen, Diane. She sure misses her golden opportunities, doesn't she? But this part is true. I know how to acknowledge God all day long. Even in the midst of all this coronavirus desperation, I've been acknowledging God through the whole thing. Have you? See, we're about to acknowledge God right here in this moment. Now, those of you who haven't used these before, there's two layers or two tabs. The top one, I'm going to do this, is just a clear, transparent tab. The second one is the purple one. Okay? If you pull the second one first, your juice is going to spill out on you while you try to get the wafer. So there's a, there's a transparent tab. I want you to go ahead and pull that transparent tab off now. And there's a wafer right inside of there. So again, pull the transparent tab off first. And before we even open the other, unless you've already done that, we're going to take the wafer. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that marvelous illustration. <laughs> what is this? This represents the body of Jesus Christ. I didn't say it was the body. I said it represents the body. What did Jesus do at the cross of Calvary? Every time you and I receive this, we acknowledge his death. What do we, not that he died, but what was accomplished at the cross of Calvary. And he gave thanks Father, I thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for us. And in the receiving of this communion element, we acknowledge and remember. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance or acknowledgement of me, the Lord says. Let it sink in what you're doing right now. Let every bite, every chew, savor what Jesus did in acknowledgement of him. And if you'll pull the purple tab carefully back, you'll need to do that to keep from spilling it. And you don't need to take it off all the way necessarily. You can, of course. And it'll expose the juice for you, which represents his blood. It's an acknowledgement of what his blood did for us at the cross of Calvary when it covered our sins, when Jesus became the Passover lamb for you and for me. And he says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
this do as often as you drink it. How? In remembrance of him, in acknowledgement of him. Thank you, Jesus, for embracing the cross and for shedding your blood for us. And we receive this now in acknowledgement of you, in Jesus' name. We have an altar prayer ministry. Is the altar prayer ministry team in the room? Are they? Okay, yes. Yes, I remembered today. Altar prayer ministry team, please come forward. Obviously not to my right, but you can come forward here in the front or to my left. Praise team is going to lead us in a song that I've requested again, good, good father. Because I don't want to get us too far away from the Papa God, Abba Father, Daddy God message that I preached to you all last week. I want us to keep it in front of our minds. Come on up, prayer, prayer team, that's fine. Can, right here in the front would be great. During this time, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you choose to do so, to come forward for prayer. And we're still going to do our best to respect each other's space. Each of these prayer warriors are going to ask you if it's okay for them to lay a hand on you in prayer. If it's not okay with you, that's okay. That's just fine. They'll extend a hand towards you and agree with you in prayer. And if it is okay, then let them take a moment to pray with you. We've just acknowledged the Lord in the most profound and powerful way that we can acknowledge God. We just did that. And it was a wonderful moment. There's another way to acknowledge God, and that's to say, Lord, I'm in trouble, I need help, my body is sick, I need healing, whatever it may be, this is a great opportunity during this time of worship to come and receive prayer for that. Joni team, lead us, lead us please. Prayer team can continue, they're going to be up here for just a few minutes following our service this morning, and our prayer team is also still available with the prayer lines. Call 989-681-5731. They're standing by to pray with you today. Thank you so much for being a part of this service with us. We call you blessed in the glorious name of Jesus. As the rest of you begin to uh, exit the building and have fellowship time in the parking lot, I want to encourage you to watch out for the kids. Let's remember that kids are gonna be kids and they're gonna run around and not really necessarily pay attention to moving vehicles and stuff so we want to have a lot of supervision out there thank you so much for being a part of this service with you today with us today i look forward to seeing you on wednesday night for our return to midweek service i call you blessed in the name of jesus you are dismissed